0: It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, it's all about your total health, expert medical advice from the area's leading physicians and women's, men's, child, and teenage health. If you have any questions or would like to join the conversation, Visit our Facebook page. We're at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. We begin this morning with women's health. In the studio with me now is Dr. Amara Raza, Assistant Professor at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine and UC Health Cardiologist. We're also joined by Dr. Antherica Lane. is an OBGYN at the Christ Hospital. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Lane and Dr. Raza to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning.
1: Thank you so well, thank much. Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
0: All right. So let me start here. And I think every time that we have a conversation about women's health, I always bring up the topic that, you know, so many times women... They put their health on the back burner. It's always the health of the husband, the children, and they put their health last. How true is that?
1: I would agree with that. Most of the times when I discuss with women why they have not been to the gynecologist, oftentimes it includes a discussion about a family member that was ill, um, the needs of their family, and I often have to or need to Um, encourage them to begin to make their health a priority as well.
2: I completely agree. In fact, there was a study conducted by American College of Cardiology, and statistically as well, it's been shown that women always put others' needs before them. So they're not very proactive about seeking health care.
0: All right. So, Dr. Lane, let's start with you this morning. When should a woman begin seeing a gynecologist?
1: Well, there's probably two parts to that answer, One part is, if you look at the guidelines, it is a good idea to begin to see the gynecologist at around the age of 13. And that is not for the purpose of a pelvic exam, but that is when you begin to have very pertinent discussions about uh, prevention, safety, uh, making sure that the body is developing appropriately at the appropriate stage. Most women, however correlate the gynecologic visit with the pelvic exam, the breast exam, the pap smear. The pap smear now is not recommended until the age of 21. However, if a woman is sexually active, she should begin coming to the gynecologist for screening for sexually transmitted infections.
0: Okay, good. What are some of the biggest gynecological concerns for women, doctor?
1: I think there are a number of gynecological concerns right now. I would think uh, some of the major issues that are confronted in my practice include uh, screening for cervical cancer and ensuring that women uh, return in a timely fashion for those screenings. Um, Also, uh, the prevention of transmission of sexually transmitted uh, infections and then another uh, interesting topic that has become a part of my practice is uh the prevalence of high blood pressure and heart disease amongst women. So I'm really happy to see that we have a cardiologist here in the studio today and that's just to name a few of the issues.
0: All right, so let's talk about heart disease um Dr. Raza. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that most women understand or know that heart disease is the number one killer of women? Do they get that? Do they know that?
2: So If we try to understand the awareness amongst women as far as heart disease is concerned, we truly have come a long way. If you compare the statistics to even 10 years ago, at which only 30% of the women um, in a study that was conducted by ACC knew that cardiovascular disease was the number one killer of women, compared to that, approximately 60% women are aware of the fact now. So yes, there is still a lack of awareness, but more and more women are finding out about it. And I think the main reason is, is that pre-menopause, uh, you know, prior to menopause, women are actually protected from heart disease. So sometimes their doctors don't talk about it. You know, they don't tell them that you should be more proactive about taking care of your heart, health, so on and so forth. So uh, some women do, some women don't. But whenever I have a female patient, I bring it up with them. Uh, whenever I meet my internal medicine colleagues or OBGYN colleagues, I bring it up with them so they can talk to their patients about it.
0: So doctor, you just touched on this, but let's talk more about the increased cardiovascular risk women face.
2: So um, like I said, initially prior to menopause, the hormone estrogen actually has a protective effect on the blood vessels and on the heart. So women are actually protected. But now what we're seeing is that even in younger women who are obese, there's actually an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So Um, that notion that women are protected is no longer probably applicable to obese women because they have other risk factors like diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, sleep apnea. But once women hit menopause, then their risk of having heart disease becomes equal to that of a man. So then, you know, um, there's no gender protection. So yes, the risk is dependent upon the age and the part of the reproductive cycle they are in.
0: I've been doing these kind of shows for a while now, mm-hmm. but I understand and it always comes up that symptoms of a heart attack present differently in women. Right. How true is that?
2: That is uh, That is quite true, actually. So traditionally, when we talk about a heart attack, we think about chest pain on the left side of the chest radiating to the arm or to the jaw. And that's what most people think a heart attack would present like. So those are the typical symptoms. Now, these symptoms have been derived from studies that were predominantly done on a male population. Now we know that actually women present somewhat differently. Not all women, but some women. So in some women, the initial symptom or sign of a heart attack may be just fatigue. In some women, it can be shortness of breath. In some women, it can be, you know, having palpitations. So Um, So I always tell my patients, not every patient will present in a textbook fashion. So women do present differently. And some people think, and also some studies have shown that maybe women also describe their symptoms differently. So it comes down to taking a good history. um, As far as the, the ER docs are concerned or the primary care doctor is concerned, a good history is invaluable.
0: Now, Dr. Raza, I understand that you believe that women are often under-treated. Explain what you mean by that.
2: So as far as cardiovascular disease is concerned, the treatment is pretty evidence based and it's pretty stranded. So it's not that you're gonna to go to hospital A and get a different treatment and go to hospital B, it's gonna be different. It's all evidence based. So um when you when somebody, for instance, goes in with symptoms of chest pain and has a heart attack, there's a list of medications that people are put on unless they're allergic to it. And then there's a list of medications they're discharged with unless they're allergic to them. And what studies have shown is uh, that women are less likely to get evidence-based medicine and are less likely to be discharged. And I think one of the reasons is when we think about a heart attack, for instance, we think about a blockage in the arteries that run on the surface of the heart or the epicardial arteries. Women are actually less likely or uh, more than often women will have a heart attack and when we do tests on them, they don't have blockages in the those bigger arteries, but they may have an issue with the smaller arteries that course the heart muscle. So when they're getting discharged, people are like, "Oh, you know, well, they don't need to be on aspirin. They don't need to be on cholesterol-lowering medications. So the evidence-based medicine is not being applied over there. Um, and I think these uh, gaps in knowledge can be filled by uh, you know knowledgeable primary care doctors or OBGYNs who are following up on these patients. And the same goes for high blood pressure. I feel that when um, a woman goes to a doctor and her b- blood pressure is above what it should be, you know, at times, you know, it's overlooked. At times, it's attributed to anxiety or stress. And then there's no follow up because, you know, you have to follow it up a couple of times before you decide if you are going to treat them or not. So there is this, um, you know, I, I don't want to say the ball is being dropped, but it's, at some level it is. And we need to pick up the pieces and make sure that women are being appropriately treated.
1: I would like to, to agree with what you're saying from that standpoint. Um, I, number one, I think when women have high blood pressure, oftentimes the um, response that I get is, but I feel fine. And oftentimes high blood pressure is referred to as the silent killer because many times you do feel fine. It has not been unusual since I started my practice in Cincinnati for me to have patients walk in with blood pressures. You know, 180 over 110. I mean these are really high blood pressures. And so uh, number one, I, I think for women, it's an, it's important to really take that seriously, even if you do feel fine um, because because of the impacts that high blood pressure can have on your overall health. But the other barrier to that is many women do not have primary care physicians. And so, um, or they've been unhappy and, oh, I plan to change to a new doctor. So, and really making that a priority. So it goes back to making their personal health a priority, really uh, following up as um, Dr. Raza has mentioned, um, and really taking that, that number seriously, that blood pressure number seriously.
0: And in case you're just tuning in all morning, it's all about your health, Right now, we're talking about women's health. In the studio with me is Dr. Antherica Lane. She's an OBGYN at the Christ Hospital. We're also speaking to cardiologist Dr. Amara Raza with UC Health. For more information on the show or about our doctors this morning or to reach out to them, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation there as well. Now earlier Dr Raza talked about menopause but let's talk more about that what is it that you want women to know about menopause
2: So from a from a cardiovascular standpoint and I'm sure Dr Lane will have more to add to it but from a cardiovascular standpoint when a woman hits menopause a lot changes you know the entire body is going through changes but what it means for their cardiovascular health is now suddenly they go from being low risk for having an adverse cardiovascular event to suddenly being, you know, intermediate to high risk, depending upon what risk factors they have. So at that point, now they have to be more proactive in trying to seek preventive health care. They need to be more proactive about healthy lifestyle modifications. They need to be more proactive about talking to their doctors about whether they need any testing for assessing their risk for cardiovascular disease.
1: In regards to menopause, Um, I think primarily women need to begin to think about how are they going to address these concerns with their doctor. And for example, one of the concerns may be vaginal dryness. And that might be a private, um, almost embarrassing symptom of menopause. But a doctor or nurse practitioner is not able to help you and provide you with a list of your options if they are not aware that this is a major concern for you. So one thing is just communicating the changes physically and emotionally that a woman is experiencing as she is approaching uh, menopause and afterwards. Um, The next thing that I would uh, explain is that menopause the symptoms of menopause are different amongst different uh, populations. And some studies have shown even that African-American women have symptoms such as hot flashes, night sweats that are often referred to as vasomotor symptoms much longer than uh, a Caucasian, uh, the Caucasian population. So having an understanding of what to expect in terms of menopause is extremely important. Um, and then also uh, the emotional changes that may go along with that. For some women, that is a signal that, wow, I'm I'm no longer able to have children and I'm getting older and, oh, my hair is not as full as it used to be. There's a lot of changes that go on physically that can affect body image and uh, mental health and can cause a certain level of stress to a woman. So I think a lot of it begins with, uh, being able to communicate those concerns with uh, with your doctor or your health care provider.
0: Okay. All right. Good. All right. Let's talk a little bit about breast cancer. What do we know? What do you want women to know here um, in terms of breast cancer?
1: Breast cancer screening involves really, um, I'd say, three stages. Uh, one is the self-breast exam at home and it's important that if a woman does not know how to do a self breast exam that they speak with their provider about how to perform a breast exam the other the other level would be a breast exam by a clinical provider that could be your primary care physician your gynecologist your nurse practitioner but once a year having a uh, clinical breast exam and then the third would be uh, an imaging study and the accepted uh, screening would be the mammogram.
0: And so, what are the current recommendations for um, breast cancer for mammograms and things like that?
1: Uh, mammograms should begin at the age of forty, and once a year, a woman should come to have her mammogram. Now, if a ma- if a woman is deemed to have breasts that are considered dense, then she becomes a candidate for a second level of Uh, Detailed screening referred to as tomosynthesis or a 3D mammogram, which is offered at many of the hospitals in in Cincinnati.
0: Let's talk very briefly about infertility in women. Um, Dr. Lane, what do you want women to know um, when it comes very briefly about infertility? Well, infertility. And, And I know it can be very complicated for women.
1: Yes, it's a very complex question in regards to infertility one of the first levels of understanding is first being able to define infertility and by the strict definition infertility is one year without success of pregnancy um, after actively trying so if a person have tried for one year and they still are not pregnant then they are considered infertile. However, it may be that once a woman becomes older, let's say, for example, the age of 35, a physician may not wait an entire year before pursuing further evaluation in regards to infertility. So infertility is a source of a great deal of um, anxiety in women. Uh, culturally, various cultures have different expectations in regards to fertility and being able to um, have a family. And for that, it increases levels of stress. Um, So it's a very, very important concern. The other important thing is to prepare your body for pregnancy. I often will get patients who will come in with concerns regards to infertility. However, they're morbidly obese, they um, smoke, they drink alcohol on a regular basis, they drink high levels of caffeine. And so really, there has been no um, decision making in regards to lifestyle management to promote the pathway to fertility as well as healthy pregnancy. So I encourage women to begin to think not only what a doctor can do, but what can I do to help my infertility?
0: And finally, this morning, as men, what can we do to help with the overall health of the woman in our lives?
1: I think first by encouraging her to make her health a priority. I think families and men enjoy uh, the feeling of being taken care of. And we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes. And in general, I think if a man begins to encourage his wife, girlfriend to To say, you know, I've noticed that you haven't been to the doctor in over a year. I think that would carry a great deal of weight in terms of uh, causing that woman to stop and say, "Okay, I need to reprioritize here."
2: I completely agree, and I would uh, echo all those points. and In addition to that, um, stress is actually linked to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So, emotional stress, you know, stress of daily living. So, um, you know, if they're If their partners uh, can help women in relaxing, whether it's, you know, allowing them to go for a walk or just, you know, taking a break that would overall, you know, help their overall well-being and also their cardiovascular health.
0: All right. And if our listeners would like to reach out to either one of you doctors, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more about you, Dr. Antherica Lane?
1: I am located at the Christ Hospital. I have an office in the medical office building. And my office number is 513-381-6161. I am taking new patients, so I welcome your call.
0: All right. And Dr. Amara Raza, how can our listeners find out more about you?
2: So I am mainly based out of the Westchester Hospital. I have uh, clinics in th- that location. I also have a clinic in our Midtown location, which is off exit 9 uh, of I-71. If you need to reach me, you can reach me at 513 513- Four seven five eight five two
0: one. Thank you so much doctors for taking time to talk to us.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And again more information about Dr. Antherica Lane or Dr. Amara Raza can be found on our Facebook page Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Head there now, like us there now. Stick around, we'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment.